630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. McDavid centers. What timer score? Oscar Clefbaum in Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time it's Clefbaum. He'll swing it out to the outside and it is to the end zone. Touchdown Eskimos. Darrell Walker. With the touchdown, and the Eskimos take the lead with less than a minute to go. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, how are you doing today? It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30 Chad. And the Edmonton Eskimos sitting there with a record of 2-2. Two and two. Their head coach, Jason Moss, will join Morley Scott for the weekly coaches show at 7.30. You're going to be interested in this, I think, even if you're a non-golfer. We're going to have John McCutcheon on the show. How about this? Two aces in the same round. Two aces in the same round. Uh, the odds of that are 1 in 144 million if you believe in the odds. Uh, so we'll get to know him in about an hour. Jed Roberts is standing by, former Edmonton Eskimo, doing great work in the community. We'll talk to him about what's going on with the green and gold and other things going on in his life. Quickly, though, man, that game Saturday afternoon, the Eskimos start poorly and then control most of the game but don't get the points. And they finally did go ahead, but then the Argos just needed that one drive at the end to go ahead. And then the Eskimos, despite getting good field position, remember they had a decent return. The Argos took a face mask on the return, started near midfield, couldn't move the ball, punted, and then the Argos were able to run out the clock. All in all, a pretty disappointing result for the green and gold. And you'll hear what some of the key players and coaches had to say about it. The Eskimos down by five, looking to take the lead for the first time tonight as they scrimmage from just inside the 25-yard line. Riley will throw. He's got Darrell Walker inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimos! Darrell Walker takes it just inside the 10 and muscles his way to the end zone. Franklin takes the snap. He's looking to the end zone, and it's a touchdown. Declan Cross with the reception. Scored a touchdown against the Eskimos last year in the game here. He's got one today, and the Argonauts have the lead. We didn't deserve to win that football game. Um, you know, the team that played with better discipline won the game, and that's usually how it goes. So, you know, I think that we had a good game plan. I thought our defense played great all game long. Um, you know, offensively, uh, we could not get out of our own way. You know, we did some, we did a lot of things really well, but when it mattered, um, you know, down in the scoring zone where we've been really efficient all year long, we just killed it, man. It was, it was, it was bad. It was bad football. You know, there was a lot of penalties. There was a lot of miscommunication communication, um, a lot of lack of execution. Well, it's embarrassing. Uh, I mean, to give that game away, and you got to credit Toronto. We're not taking anything away from them. Uh, but the objectionable conduct penalties, some of the penalties we took throughout that game were so unnecessary. Discipline was a, a major factor in this game. The penalties that we were taking definitely kept us out of scoring positions. I think we were first and goal from the 18 at one point, and I think we had another touchdown basically called back or close to anyway. So, um, you know, terrible. You can't, it's hard to win.
seven football games as is, and when you do that in the red zone, it makes it much more difficult. And so tonight, I mean, you'd have to say that that played a big, a large part in our demise. Um, you know, I look for the best part about this whole scenario is we get to play in five days, and we got to be better in that department, obviously, if we're going to beat them on uh, next week. Yeah, that's coming up on Friday. The Eskimos right back at it, hosting the Argos here on 6.30, Chad, 5.30 for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 7. You can text 6.30, for uh, your thoughts on where the Eskimos are at. They're 2-2. Two and two mediocre record and some mediocre play. They've looked really good for maybe five or six quarters. They've looked really bad for maybe five or six quarters and then maybe seven or eight right in the middle. I know I called in quickly to Dave and Morley after the game on Saturday and it, it, look, it's four games in, so I'm not going to say the sky is falling, but you know we're a month in, so we've, we've, we're getting a larger sample size. I, I think the thing that would concern me a little bit about the Eskimos is when it goes when it goes bad for them, it can go really bad. The Hamilton now Hamilton's good, but but they never got back in that game. Really poor start against BC, but they came back and BC's not that good. And uh, you know they they couldn't control any damage in the first nine minutes against Toronto. You're down twelve nothing. You're playing catch up the entire game. Uh, you know I, I've, I've as I've watched more sports throughout my life here, I've really started to say. I, I, team, you know, every team can be explosive at some point, but the good teams are never that bad. If you, if, if I could ask you a question about a good team or to figure out if a team is good, I'd say tell me how they do when they're not playing well. Good teams lose a quarter, seven three or ten seven. Bad teams lose a quarter, twenty one three. Or, or, or 15-3 or whatever it is. And the Eskimos are sort of on that cusp where when it goes bad for them, they're not that good. The the discipline uh, I know is going to be brought up. I, I know several people are pointing the figure at Coach Moz. The Eskimos did have 12 penalties for 126 yards. Look, there are going to be holding penalties. Uh, they had a couple holding penalties in the red zone. I don't necessarily put that on the coaching. Uh, I know it's concerning to see, you know, Kenny Stafford took the one for celebrating. Was it marginal? Sure. But did he drop the ball on the guy? Yeah. Uh, Lochard pushes a guy after the whistle. And Chris Edwards, he's taken several harmful penalties over the last 15 games about, if you go back to last season. And and you'll wonder what's going on there. So I I don't think all the the discipline problems uh, are on the coach. But, hey, I I know Jason's going to have to live with this. He threw the headset against Calgary, got a penalty, it got on TV. Edwards took a dumb penalty later in the game. Uh, there was another penalty for a guy taking his helmet off, and, and I know a lot of fans aren't going to forgive that, and whenever the Eskimos take a lot of penalties, they're going to blame the coach. Is it that simple? Well, to discuss that, and who knows what else, it's former Eskimo, former teammate of Jason Moss, and I know you had a great relationship with him as a teammate. Jed Roberts is in studio. Jed, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, that's, I mean, that's, first of all, when you're putting up all those yards, and I mean, Duke Williams is first in receiving, uh, Walker's third, Stafford's in the in the top ten, and you're getting all those yards against Toronto and you're not scoring. Uh, I mean, that that's obviously frustrating to watch, as I'm sure you felt. Well, it is, you know, but the, the encouraging thing that I took away from this game was that the defense kept them in it. You know, they were uh, just a couple steps away um, when Franklin scored that touchdown and toward the end there when he caught those guys in zone. And, you know, it wasn't... Um, they weren't physically beaten. They were just, it was a mental thing. Like, they didn't catch the check on it. So, uh-huh. 
you know, that's where the leadership has to step in. And that secondary is playing with three brand new players, two brand new corners and a, and a halfback and Hunter. You know, we've got Hunter playing strong half, which is a really difficult spot to play. He's usually matched up on the other team's best receiver. And, uh, you know, he's, he's acquitted himself pretty nicely physically, but it's just the mental stuff, you know. And, and that's when a guy like Neil King has to kind of come in and get those guys together and get them in the same room and go over all the checks and stuff because they're going to see everything, you know. Uh, their offense is always going to put the points on the board. Right now, it's got to come down to big players make big plays. You know, that's why you need the J.C. Sherrits and the Armando Sewells and you know, some of those new defensive backs have to come up and sort of identify, their, establish their identity. You know, which one of those corners is going to become a, a ball hawk all of a sudden? And which one, which guy's going to get hot? Because they're going to pick on both of them. They're brand new. They're kind of an unknown quantity. So I, I didn't think that the last game was too badly. I thought they played a lot better than mm-hmm. they have. You know, it's night and day from the first couple of games when they were just feasting on the open corner there with right. Hoover. And, you know, Hoover was physically overmatched. Right now, they don't have a guy that's getting physically overmatched. It's just mental stuff. So It, it, it is kind of a, an unusual game to talk about because, like, like you said, those first nine minutes all Argos, last nine minutes all Argos. So if you take the middle, what, 30, like 42 minutes of the game, basically, Toronto didn't come close to scoring. Mm-hmm. The Eskimos came close to getting touchdowns a lot, but either settled for field goals or turnovers or or, or a misfield. Yeah, well, you talk about great teams, you know. Great teams, you're right. They don't go down, you know, 21 to 3, but they also uh, finish. You know what I mean? Like when you when you've got a team down, you finish them. You finish those plays. You you score in the red zone. That's what they didn't do. They moved the ball between the 35s. They were all over the place. But as soon as they came down to the red zone, then the play selection might have to be different. You know, they might have to. You know, they might have to start. Uh, digging in a little bit deeper into the playbook because maybe they're getting too predictable. Maybe secondaries are understanding what their tendencies are. And, you know, the season's still pretty young. And to be be 500 with this group, especially with their ragtag secondary, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Look, you you, you played. You were were an intense player. You might have got a flag or two along the way. Not justified, of course, but you might have got one. Uh, Look, I mean, when when a player does something, like I, I separate... Uh, a holding penalty or an, or the odd offside from uh, pushing a guy after the whistle or yeah absolutely so th- so who steps in there like is that do you, do you look at Jason and say he's got to tone down some of the stuff he does or do you say Riley or Sherrick got to go to those guys and say look man no more like what what has to happen well, it's a combination of all of those things you know uh, Jason will always take responsibility for you know if he throws a headset down he'll be the first one to meet the media after and say you know what that was a dumb thing to do um, he will also get the captains together and say you know you need to get your guys together and explain to them that that's not going to be tolerated anymore. It's a cultural thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you got a guy like Edwards on your defense right now. When you're struggling, you can't have those penalties. You can't have those, you know, pushing and shoving after the whistle. I mean, they're just not good enough to transcend that. You know, I mean, the great teams, they might have that once in a while. Like I remember, Alondra Johnson used to do things like that. Um, you know, and he'd get away with it because they were so good and they'd be up by 38 points, right? But when you're trying to fight for your life right now and you're 500 and you're, you're not scoring in the red zone, you can't you can't have those penalties. Holding, you can call holding on every play. Right. Know, and that's just the luck of the draw, right? There's Somebody's holding somebody on every single play in football. A lot of people don't realize that. But uh, the other ones, the, the extracurricular stuff, you can't have that. If you're if you're fighting for your playoff life early in the year, because you got to win the early games, you can't have those penalties. And that's a sign of a young team when things like that happen. I mean, whatever Jason's doing notwithstanding, Jason's a passionate guy, and I'd rather have a passionate coach that cares and shows his players that, you know what, it's it's an emotional game, and, you know, he'll always be emotional. That's part of what makes him great. You know, some people 
roll their eyes at it when he's you know getting mad and throwing a clipboard down stuff like that. I think it's great I love it I'd rather have a coach like that than somebody that's really super laid back you never know what he's thinking you know? right Jed Roberts is in studio, former Edmonton Eskimo. He's going to spend some time with us tonight. You can text 630-630. So uh, if you want to ask Jed about something from Saturday's game, his career, how life in general, and I think I I just heard a rumor he might be getting married this calendar year. So maybe we'll get into that as well. It's Inside Sports on 630, Chad. We're coming right back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 621. My name is Reed Wilkins, former Edmonton Eskimo Jed Roberts <laughs> is in studio tonight, man. Jed, we had you in last summer, so we thought we got to have you in again. Enjoy talking to you. I know fans uh, always loved watching you play. What, 02 was your last year? Yeah, oh. You decided you'd hand the Grey Cup championships to the to the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> Just coming in for 03 and 05. Yep. Yeah, that was a good run they went on after that. But we'd had the nucleus of those guys probably together from 01 to 02. Well, like Hervey had joined, Vaughn yeah. had joined, Great Moss group. and Ray yeah. were coming along. Yeah. Um, uh, was Tucker, Tucker would have been there yeah, in 02. Tucker was there. Mookie came. That's you know, right. They had, uh, but you know what? That What they did was they, they did a good job of keeping those core nucleus guys the, the like Bruce Beaton and, and uh, Leo Gronwagen and Chris Morris like those guys settled everybody down you know mm-hmm. and I, I I look at the team this year and you know you got to have a Matt O'Donnell and, and you know losing Simeon hurt quite a bit because Simeon was that guy on the O-line for a mm-hmm. long time but now that Simeon's out of there Matt's going to be the senior statesman and Sorensen too right yep. so those guys I mean it's underrated having that veteran leadership and if you really want to have continuity on your team you've got to keep those guys around you know and um They've got to stay healthy too. That's a tough. It's been the injury, injury bug's been something that's well. Really that, that's the thing, right? Like the, the CFL, it's like depth is a, is a challenge, right? Yeah. And if you need to slide a Canadian in who's in well, you look at their O line right now, and they've only got one backup, and that's Roy, right? And, right. And you know, one of those guys goes down, they're going to move over a defensive. Uh, Serezna might have to play O line, you know. So uh, it's uh, it's really a big chess match, you know. And, and this lineup right now, teams are coming in and they're looking at the holes. Like I mean, I want to say holes. I mean, brand new guys. They're testing them. And right now, I don't want to say they're failing those tests, but they've got to really get in the film room and, and see those tendencies and stuff and understand. Like, Because I know the coaches, they have the, the players prepared to play by breaking it down by tendency and what teams are going to do in certain parts of the field. And you really can't underestimate how important that is and understanding what teams are going to do in what areas of the field. Because I saw that happen against Toronto where they ran that, that route there and they caught them in man. Um, you know, young guys got to be able to make that play. He's got to be able to come off, ball off, and, and and jump in front of that ball. Right. You know. So it's. Do you think DB's the the toughest position for a rookie in the CFL, other than one of them, quarterback? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would, yeah. I mean, you've got a corner, a rookie corner playing close corner. That's the toughest spot in the play, other than say strong side H, which you got another rookie playing. Right. You know. So I mean, there's there's no. Uh, it's a, it's it's learn on the fly, and I'm actually surprised they're 500 right now. You know, and you I thought, you said, thought I, it might be tougher. Eh? I made those observations. I think on my Facebook there a couple times where I said to be lucky to be 500 at, at uh, the midway season at midway point at Labor Day but some of the like having Grimes come back has helped quite a bit but it would be nice if you could get a Colhoun back or you know somebody yeah. like that so they could help their ratio um, I have to say you know um, guys like Behar and um, 
Uh, Ajay, Natejay, the yeah, key, the they're, key they're, receiver. You know what? They've, they've played. They've stepped up their play, and they've pleasantly surprised me so far. And when you've got guys like that coming in and making an impact when they're being called upon, I mean, you can't really can't fault that. But you've got to see it happening on defense, you know. I see on this, their edge, their Bazzi's getting feasted on there against a run because he's only 230, and those 325-pound tackles are just teeing off on him, you know. Um, defensive coordinators got to help him out. They've got to run some... Well, it's funny. Somebody just texted in. Benavides has to pick it up. Exactly. And he's he's been the one coach since Moss yeah. came in with this coach. You know, staff. they run that forty front. You know, and and when you've got the forty front, your one technique, Armando Sewell, is always going to be taking on two guys, and that's just a given, right? And so, which means there's going to be one on one on the outside and one on one with the linebacker. And those guys have to beat those matchups. Like you, if you're playing one on one, you win that matchup. You can't. If you're not beating your guy, then you're not doing your job. You know. And I think uh, some of the run stuff right now is concerning because it's it's extending drive like Toronto did that you know they yep. started getting stronger as the end game went on and I don't know if they, if they need to do some more conditioning or if uh, you know maybe they're on the field too much but I don't think that's the case because it seemed like Edmonton was moving the ball at will between the 35 so sure. I'm not sure what the answer is I think these guys are going to have to grow up in a hurry otherwise it's going to be a long year all right Jed Roberts uh, in studio John Texigans read it sucks to lose to a team whose entire fan base can fit into a minivan if you have the third row seats in. Well, <laughs> oh, I said last year, you know, the only people at the game are family and side chicks, you know. Uh. <laughs> at the Argos games, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, too bad. I mean, but Jed, the funny thing is, I mean, you and I are, are close to the same age. Ever yeah. since we were kids, we've been hearing about how bad it is in Toronto. And yep. it's 40 years later. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's, changing. It's still, you know, the last time I don't know I think if it's ever going to really change. Well, I think we played in the Sky Dome when they had um, Rocket, and they they got up to around 40,000 a couple of games then, and yeah. that was pretty exciting. But it hasn't happened since. You know, that was way back in the early 90s. You were already playing when Isabel was there? Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, I guess you were, yeah. the first couple of years, yeah. With John Candy and Wayne yeah. Gretzky on the team. And then, obviously, they got Flutie later. It was exciting. Was pretty yeah exciting times but I mean I don't know what it's going to take for Toronto to pick that up you know I think there's just there's too many options out there for things for people to spend their money on so and in uh, summer 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 out there right you got the lake and you know <laughs> it's tough Jed Roberts is in studio Jed you said you said a couple interesting things in one of your answers I want to I want to get you to follow up on those uh, and uh, we'll let people know what you're doing in the city because I know you're doing great work uh, uh, in the community and maybe we'll even get you to plug your your wedding it's an open bar for any Eskimo fan who wants to drop in right oh, oh maybe not like maybe not don't quote me on that we're back after the news at Jed Roberts this is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. all right thanks a lot for tuning in tonight the Edmonton prospects will be back home at Remax Field tomorrow at 7 against Yorkton prospects sitting at 13 and 18 on the season third in the west the top four make the playoffs they lost 11-7 in Okotoks yesterday my name is Reed Wilkins former Edmonton Eskimo Jed Roberts is in studio this year's edition of the Eskimos losing 2017 to the Argos on Saturday. They sit at two and two. And uh, Jed, you said you said a couple things about uh, le- leadership in the last segment, and you said you know so uh, you know Simeon Rotier is gone, so somebody else on the O line. You know, and we've referenced football. You know, what is it, forty four guys dressed for a game? But I mean, basically, there's sixty guys around usually mm-hmm. if you count the injured guys and the practice roster guys, and you got about 10 coaches and some trainers so when it comes to that leadership 
Does the team have a couple leaders, or or is the roster so big you have to have positional leaders? Well, it depends on the team, right? You know, right. I know when when I was playing a million years ago, um, we had like our defensive leaders, our offensive leaders, and the way they had the room formatted back then, the defense was on side of one side of the room, and the offense was on one side of the room, and the peas and the carrots didn't mix, right? So <laughs> we had our thing, the offense had their thing. So the way the locker room's formatted now, with Dwayne, you know, when they renovated the, re- the dressing room, they put it all in one big circle, so everybody kind of interacts with everybody, and I think they've got, they may still put people in positional sort of clicks there yep. in one corner of the room, but it's a little bit more open, and so it might be a little bit more difficult for the defense to kind of sequester themselves and close ranks as, as it used, used to be pretty easy to do that but you know when you've got veteran leadership on a, on a team like that that's that's dependent or contingent upon keeping those guys around you know and then they, they have those guys here on defense really the only guy that's been there is Armando you know and the rest of them are kind of gone you lost your Odell Willis which he was a, an integral he was like their inspirational kind of heart and soul on that mm-hmm. defense and uh, JC's pretty quiet but he is he leads he's a leader um, he'll call a guy out if you have to um, you know you need to get you need a guy like Neil who's probably not the most physically gifted guy but he's uh, reliable and mm-hmm. with that system back there if you can get your halfbacks playing you know the way they should be playing he doesn't have to leave the hat he doesn't have to leave the middle of the field so and you know they're pretty close I think the communication is a big thing when you've got all those new faces it's up to it's incumbent upon the leaders to get every everybody in the same room and, and make sure that everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. and challenge people, you know, like, don't be afraid. I mean, it's, you got to check your ego, you know, it's, right. it's, it's, it's a team <laughs> game, right? And it, and you're only as good as your weak link, you know, and you've seen that in a couple games this year with the Eskimos where the, the other team is supposed to weak link and then they lost the game. So you've got to keep everybody, you got to bring everybody along at the same time. And so you referenced, uh, and look, Money Hunter was a guy who got picked on against Hamilton. I, I think he's, he's improving. Clearly there, it looks yep. like they're going to, they're going to stick with him. And, and you referenced, you know these new guys, especially. Gotta, they got to watch the film. They got to watch the film. They do. When when you played, like how much? And obviously the technology. It's probably even easier now for yeah. them to dial up what part of the game they they want to watch. Uh, but when you played, how much film would you watch on, on a typical day or oh, a man. week leading up to uh, a game? For hours and hours. Really? Um, yeah. You know, we were watching beta tapes. This was back in the day, right? right. Like now they're they're watching torrents and stuff. And uh, it was quite a bit different. You know, we, we would all kind of have uh, gatherings where we would meet at another player's house and we would just watch film. And we would just go over tendencies and cover the entire, you know, all of our plays and, and what, what the different looks that we would see and what the uh, different audibles that we would call. Because I can't hear, right? So I couldn't rely on the audibles on the field. So I had to know what the linebackers were calling. So I would always get in the room with Willie Pless or Larry Ruck or Danny Bass, whoever the case might be, and single Mobley and try to get those audibles so that I wouldn't have to rely on them on the field, that I would know, I would see the same thing they would see, and I can make those checks in my head. And that's how that's how good you have to get. You have to right. get everybody on the same page, and everybody has to know what everybody else is doing. But the key is do your job. Don't try to do too much because if you're doing your job, trust that the next guy the guy next to you is going to do his job what happens is when some people start to break down then doubt creeps in and that's what happens to a young secondary is that that doubt just kills them you know and even a some simple thing is just being a you know a couple yards off off alignment and then a team uh 
taking advantage of that, you can't let that get you down. You know, it's a secondary. You've got a last place gone. You've got to look toward to the next one. You know. So when you when you when you were watching film, are you just are you mainly watching the guy who's going to be blocking you? And if look if well, yeah, there's there's that's part of it. But the other the thing is uh, understanding what offensive sets they're going to present. Okay. And how we're going to react to that. You know, they're going to be maybe in a split back, or they're going to run a one back with the 32. Well, our defense is going to line up this way against that. And if they uh, send one guy in motion, who's going to go with them? Is it man or zone? You know, are we going to rotate? You know, those types of things. And that's a communication thing. And that's being in the same room saying, okay, if you see this, this is what I'm going to do. You got that? And then making eye contact and understanding. But then not only that, but taking it out on the practice field and repping it. You know, and uh, when you make those mistakes, stopping it and saying, hey, whoa, 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 who, who, who's doing this? What, what happened here? Right? And not just running through it and getting to the next one in the interest of expediency because the players' association is going to get mad at you for being out there too long. You know, good teams find a way to work through that, you know, and, and, and the Eskimos have to figure that out. By the way, first guest to use the word expediency on Inside Sports, so there's a big <laughs> congratulations to Jed Roberts for those of you currently looking up that word. Uh, <laughs> me included. No, I'm joking. But... Uh, well, I mean, I, I love hearing that stuff about all the little things that happen for for prep work. Because yeah. foot football, they're in the classroom so much. I know, I, like I had I had Riley on during the preseason, and he was talking about being at the stadium in classrooms yeah. till nine or ten at night. Yeah. And a couple people texted in like, I had no idea uh, that those were the types of the days they they put in. Like, was there ever um, you know now that you you haven't played for a while, was there any a, a player or a situation where you can remember? Like a, an offensive player really tipped off the play by oh, something he did. Like, all the time. do you remember yeah. an example? Um, it would be something that I would look for on film. I'm a visual guy because of my hearing disability. I was born with a nerve defect in both ears. Are we hearing aids? Which is great when your wife's yelling at you, but not so great when you got to wake up for a fire drill or something like that. But I was always a visual guy, so I would always kind of look at the offensive lineman and see if there was a difference in the way they lined up and run versus pass, or uh, if there was a difference in the way they're leaning. You know, and I could I could pick up on those things very quickly and I would try to impart that and that's the leadership thing you know don't keep it a secret you know if right. you know something don't be so worried about your job that you're not going to share it with the people around you that might mean you know and if you share that with a younger kid he might actually benefit from that to enough that he'll push you for your job and that's you got you can't be you can't be selfish in this business and a lot of guys a lot of guys are um Unfortunately, but uh, good teams find a way to work around that, and uh, everybody's got to kind of go at the same pace. Some people learn differently, you know, and that's another thing. That's a challenge for the coaches is figuring out what learning styles are for some of these guys. Some of these guys not be such great uh, visual learners. They might have to have somebody to tell them, you know, when this happens, this happens. It's more of a, as opposed to being spatial, it's more of a sequential stuff, right? Like this happens, then this happens. Um, you know, these guys are trying to figure out what they're what they're doing right now, and they're trying to find their way. And they're pretty lucky to be two and two. Honestly, there was a couple of games there where things could have gone haywire. The way these guys are, and we talked about it at the break, is that they like to play catch up. They like to wait. They like to get punched in the mouth and figure out how they're going to respond to that, which drives the fan crazy. Because you know, why can't you be up twenty-one yeah. to three? You if you can I mean? score fourteen minutes in the fourteen points in the fourth quarter, yeah. why can't you do that? Yeah, why can't you? Why are you? What are you waiting for? Right. So it's almost so. Like, where, where does it? Because because I was. I I, I was saying because because again you know yeah. when you when the team loses Jason's under fire yeah so they're starting slow and people are saying that's the coach that's the coach <laughs> doesn't remember ready but I know I've talked to a lot of players who have said 
I, I got to make sure I'm ready for the game. I, I know when it starts. So how it do you look at It comes down to execution. It comes down to finishing plays, right? It comes down to, you know, you can get coaching, get you ready to play and put you in position. But at the end of the day, you've got to go out there and execute what the coaches drew up, you know? And, and they're still playing. They're running the same plays in the fourth quarter that they ran in the first quarter. The difference is that they're executing, right? right. And I don't know. I'm not sure what it is that why they wait so long to get going. And, um, you know, I wish they would get off to a quicker start, you know, but... Yeah, I guess it is what it is, right? It's a little less stressful playing, yeah. playing no kidding. or even tied. They're playing behind yeah. by, by two yeah. scores. Yeah, but the, the last thing I didn't really mention was the special teams, man. Like when you're a team, you've got a young defense and they're struggling, that's when your special teams have to step it up, block a punt, recover a fumble, you know. Well, uh, the have haven't return. had great special they teams haven't. for a while. They haven't. Even when know? they won the Great Cup, and, and they that, were. That comes down to desire. That comes down to guys, young guys coming in wanting to make a mark. And when you're, I'm not saying they are, but when you've got that complaint, where guys are just happy to wear the jersey, play the role instead of playing the game, then you know what? Like a, a spe- big special teams play could break things wide open for this young ball club, and they could easily be three and one. You know, so you, you, uh, sort of harp on the film thing, but yeah. but you're looking for other guys' tendencies, but you know he's watching you. Yeah. yeah. So you have to be conscious. I got to look the same way, yeah. whether I'm yeah. blitzing or. Yeah, you got to scout yourself. So when you're watching <laughs> after the game, I, re- I totally mean that. I mean, ter- totally serious. After the game, when you play the game, that's what you watch the game film for. You don't watch the game film just to watch, say, hey, guys, this is when I made a great play. Because you're going to make bad plays, too, but you've got to learn from the bad plays, and you've got to have guys constructively critic- critique whatever it is you're doing. And I think that's probably the most valuable part of playing is, is when you learn those l- tough lessons about, you know, why did I miss that switch down on the goal line when Franklin threw that touchdown? What was the... Why did I miss that? So, I mean, if you don't learn those lessons, the team doesn't grow and the team doesn't win games. Yeah, there's so, no sense watching the good plays yeah. you made because yeah, cause that's they, when they the biggest out. learning. I think the best learning comes when you make those mistakes and and you guys are able to come in the room and check your ego at the door and and have a constructive dialogue about what it is that's keeping us from getting to the next level. Uh, th- that's what I love about football, Jed. I mean, it's this it's a fierce physical game. Yeah. I mean, if you have the ball, the only way the play well, you can run out of bounds, but generally the only way the play ends is somebody on the other team physically yeah. drags you to the ground. Yeah. It's a brutal game when then all the other 22 guys are all blocking each other. Yeah. But the the mental side of it and and if you have a pre-scout that gives you a split second advantage. Yeah. That can make all the difference. Yeah. If you if you're sitting there halfway through the fourth quarter and you're tired, but you're think, "Wait a minute, Tuesday night I saw this formation. I know exactly. what they're going to do. You win that play. You're so right. You know, there was uh, Danny Bass was the one who taught me that. You know, when I went to his house for the first time, I watched film with him. He had roll after roll after roll of film, like cassettes piled up to the ceiling. And uh, he would watch. And I would to the point where I almost fell asleep, you know, and I didn't dare fall asleep because I didn't right. want to get punched in the mouth. But um, <laughs> to the point where you would start seeing things in your sleep almost. And then you, you would, all of a sudden you'd be in practice, but hey, I've seen this. And then boom, you'd walk over to a spot and there you'd be in position, you know, and it's funny how that works but the only way you get there is by actually sitting down and looking and watching and, and you learn you look for these tendencies it's pretty soon the game starts to slow down when you do that uh, but the only way to get there is by putting the time in there's no substitute for yeah. hard work well and then what was it uh, I mean Peyton Manning yeah. still in his last couple of years said every time I every time I'm in a play in a game I learn something yeah absolutely. you know and he was one of the greatest you got to take time, something right? away from it good or bad right so Jed Roberts is in studio. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chet, he's going to stick with us till the top of the hour. We'll uh, t- find about some other things going on in his life, and you can text 630-630. This is Mike.
Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Jed Roberts is in studio. By the way, the Brick Tournament wrapped up yesterday. It was an all-Toronto final at West Edmonton Mall. The Bulldogs beat Pro Hockey 2-1. Team Brick Alberta eliminated in the quarters on Saturday in overtime to the Connecticut Junior Rangers. That's the team coached by Marty San Luis, and we had him on Inside Sports last week. I uh, got a text here at 6.30, saying, hey, awesome segment with Jed Roberts. He's so knowledgeable. That same texture wrote back two minutes later saying, crap, as I was typing that, I ran over a skunk, LOL. Okay, first of all, we love your texts. You can wait until you get home yeah. to send them in, so you're don't, don't be distracted. Yeah. S- you know, skunks are animals too. Maybe not <laughs> beloved animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for thanks for that text, uh, Jed. I know. I, and look, I know you've told the story about your he- your hearing a lot, yeah. but you did you did touch on it uh, as well. For maybe for people who are a little younger, did say you play, didn't see you play. You mentioned you were born with uh, hearing in both like, ears. Yeah. yeah. So you wear hearing aids. Yeah. Uh, so would you wear them during the game? Uh, no, not always. Like so could I, you even hear the whistle? Could you hear uh, anything? Debatable. Sometimes, sometimes not. And sometimes I would, and then I would tell the ref I didn't, and I would get away with the penalty. So. <laughs> <laughs> he can admit it so now, I, folks. Yeah, I milked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, so how would your... Um, you, you mentioned the audibles on defense. So did you just totally have to go by recognition or yeah, with the guys patch? Yeah, or yeah I did. I, that's why I spent so much time in the, in the film okay, room. You know, so. I, so I had to see the checks. And I don't know that, but I had to see it from the three-point stance over the ball. Well, that's the thing. You're so right. So I had to be able to see in my peripheral vision what the formation was. And so that, it was it was tough sometimes. But, yeah. um, you and, just, no, and, and, I mean, nobody's feeling sorry for you out there. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> like I mean, the, and, and, you know, they'll, they'll replace you in a hurry. So Yeah, the, the um, rookie was trying to take your job. So yeah, once, yeah. And, and the big thing was that I came up from the States, right? And so I wasn't used to all the motion. So it took me about a year film with Danny Bass to figure out the motion and what the what all the, you know, how, how that all worked. And once I figured that out, it wasn't where they started, it was where they ended up when the ball right. snapped. And once I figured that out, I was able to kind of get my head around it. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was fun to learn. Um, I miss it sometimes, but... Uh, you know, being 50 now and feeling the way I do when I wake up in the morning, You're I don't miss 50. it that much. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, time, time, <laughs> time wins everything. You know, <laughs> uh, let people know what you're up to these days, because obviously you, you stay. Well, I'm working as a family support worker for a great agency called um, Ubuntu Children and Families. It's a subsidiary of uh, Burrell Street. Uh, we work with, um, you know children families in need um it's great i never get the same day twice and i work with an awesome group of co-workers they they make the day fun and, and they're really really uh, a compassionate group of people and you know i whistle while i work and i have a good time so i can't I don't really have anything to to say negatively about what i'm doing right now it's, it's a lot of fun you know i always say to people you know one day you'll, if you're lucky you'll you'll do something you love and and they'll actually pay you for it and that's right. kind of where i'm at right now so well that's awesome to yeah. hear and you, and you got such a great attitude uh, about that, and, and I mean, I mean, people always love it when you know the athletes stay in yeah. Edmonton and, and make it their home. And a lot of us, I mean, I see Giz at the Commonwealth Rec Center all the time, and yeah. you know, we yeah, found... I still prank call Giz sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that he must love that. What oh, do you, what does, do, you do? Yeah. Like, tell me, ordered a pizza, or that he's uh, he's being investigated? Well, we're we're now getting the... all these tax fraud yeah. calls on our phones, right? Most of the stuff I do to Giz, I can't really repeat on the air, but. Uh... <laughs> 
I used to wait until he was in the shower, and then he would be in the hot water, and he would—he was the only offensive guy that would shower in the defensive shower. And when I say we were segregated back then, we really were. The offense did the things with the offense and defense, but he would come into the defensive shower, and he would have his eyes closed, and I would get, go in the cold tub and grab as much cold water and ice, and I'd throw it on him while he had his eyes closed, and he would just scream and yell and holler. I'm surprised I never gave him a heart attack. <laughs> so this was you picking on Giz. Oh, yeah, I used to pick on him mercilessly. <laughs> he never got you back? Oh, yeah, he got me. Oh, you guys he went back and forth, so it yeah. was it was friendly, yeah. mostly. Yeah. yeah, we used to go on the road talking to schools and stuff, and uh, he would tell me stories. I used to t- turn my hearing aids off just to get away from him because he'd have me laughing so hard I'd almost bust a rib from laughing so hard. He was a lot of fun to hang out with, you know, and I'm, that's one of the things I missed the most about playing. Was He looks like he could still play. Oh, he can. Like he he's can he's in good shape. Yeah, he's amazing. He can do, you ever watch him go off the diving board? No, like I see. I see three him. flips. Really? Oh, amazing! Yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's just—he's a freak. Like people, uh, people like him come along one one every ten thousand years. You know, he he long jumped uh, twenty six feet in high school. Really? Yeah, people oh, don't realize that. that about him. We either. gotta get Giz in studio. No, you gotta tell him to amazing, come in. Amazing athlete. He could do just about anything he put his mind to. Uh, this texter says, "Hey Jed, how many great cups did you win?" I only won one, played in four. Only one, that's pretty but, good. Uh, lost in 90, won in 93, lost in 96 because of the stupid call for Flutie and Fumble. Yeah. And then uh, 2002, Pat Woodcock had the one great game in his entire career, and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> yep, Pat Woodcock, what are you going to do, call in? <laughs> He's in Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if he ever hears this yeah. and we could get him to, to call he doesn't. <laughs> I wasn't uh, serious, Pat, sorry. <laughs> Uh, Robert says, great interview with Jed. His passion for the game is illuminating it for this 50-year CFL fan. More, please. Well, we got a few more minutes. We'll bring you in later on. Oh, great Cup Week you should come in. If, oh, man. If you, you know, got out at all the parties. I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm going to have to take that week off because uh, it's going to be a crazy week, you know. And I always tell people that have never been part of a Grey Cup that Edmonton does Grey Cup better than anyone else in the entire country. It's not even close. You know, I mean, Saskatchewan likes to think they do, but Edmonton, when they get that spirit of Edmonton going, rocking and rolling, I mean, there's nothing close quite like it, you know. So I highly recommend any of you out there listening to get downtown during Grey Cup week in November, and you will not regret it. Just make sure that you book time off from work the next day, maybe for the next week, because you're going to need it. Have an, Uber, have an Uber lined up for a DD. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. You've t- taken it to Pat Woodcock. Now you've taken it to the Riders for their great cup arrogance. Uh, so you're actually you're actually getting married as a 50-year-old man. Uh, September 28th. Why now at 50? <laughs> well, you know what? My uh, my wife and I now, we have two boys. One's nine and one's six. And my nine-year-old kind of came up to me here, maybe in the middle of the winter there, and he was like, hey, Dad. I was like, yeah. She said, when are you going to marry Mom? I was like, oh, man, okay. Uh, so I just said to my wife, I said, well, I guess we got to get married now. I proposed to her about 10 years ago, so it's not like, you know, we haven't been thinking about it. We just never really got around to it. So we got to get around to it. You know, I'm, and I'm is she an Edmontonian? Pardon? Is she an Edmontonian? Well, we are. She's not from Edmonton. She's from uh, Toronto, Jane and Finch. She's from the hood. Oh, so, wow, okay. Yeah, I don't I don't step out of line with that one. You know, <laughs> She'll cut me. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, yeah, so, sir, when's the wedding? September? September 28th. We're getting married in a streetcar on top of the high-level Oh, bridge. you're doing a streetcar yeah, wedding. That's sundown. amazing. It'll be fantastic. That's a great view up yeah. there in the fall. The only thing is there's great. no bathrooms up there, so I told my boys I'd bring them a bucket. <laughs> it's going to be a quick ceremony. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Quick ceremony. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't start consuming yeah. any liquids until... Yeah. <laughs> Till after, well, th- th- Jed, it's uh, awesome to it's awesome to have you again. You're on Twitter. What is it again? Jed Rock forty three. Yeah, 
yeah. Dead Rock 43. And uh, your work is sort of, give, plug your uh, company again. Ubuntu, Children and Families. It's a little bit hard to, it's U-B-U-N-T-U. It means, uh, I can't even remember what it means. So Ubuntu, Children and Families. Um, it's part of Boyle Street, and uh, we, we work with uh, families in need. And so, you know, I, I could be taking somebody to the food bank one day. I could be, you know, taking someone to a visit. Um, so you just never know what's going to happen. And you never know what's going to come down the bike. So it's very gratifying work. But you've already booked Great Cup Week off. Uh, well, I haven't done that yet, but we get lots <laughs> of time might, off. So you might have I, to. I'm sure it won't be a problem. Might have to adjust yeah. the... Uh, yeah. so, uh, I should ask this. Who do you... What? what uh, we talked a lot of Eskimo stuff. Who else are you like? Well, you mentioned Mazzoli during one of the commercials. Yeah, you know, I think in the East, it's going to be all Hamilton. You yeah. know, I think... June Jones has, uh, has brought his brand of offensive football. You really see his his stamp all over everything there. That's not, that didn't surprise me when I saw how well they were playing on offense. I thought the defense was going to be a bit of a an unknown commodity, but they they they've obviously picked it up. Uh, in the West here, though, I really like Winnipeg. You know, they've got two quality quarterbacks there, and that's what you need in this league. You know, and, and I think uh, they've got to be one team you've got to really look out for because if they start building momentum, what it, which it appears they're doing, they could be very difficult to deal with at the end of the year. You know, uh, Calgary's always really tough. You know, and, and I don't know how they've had a lot of changes, but they've got probably arguably the best receiving core, young receiving yeah, core. Yeah, well, they got Rogers back, right? For a while, yeah. yeah, they've got some pretty good. Uh, so Bo-, Bo Levi has got some options down there, and uh, you know, he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder after what happened last year against Toronto. So, uh, you know, I think it's right now it'll probably be between, uh, you know, Winnipeg and Hamilton if you had to pin me down now. But Calgary should come on. I don't see anybody else in the East coming out besides Hamilton. Jed, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, more, it. More fun in the next half hour. John McCutcheon recently had two holes in one wow. in the same round. Holy smokes. <laughs> Inside Sports on Jed. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.